Hey y'all, and welcome to a very special episode of Feasting on Truth. I'm Erin Warren, and I am so glad you're here. Happy New Year. This episode, as I said, is a special one, and it's really exciting for me um, to share with you what I have today. Um, And so I want to invite you to come sit at the table with me for just a little bit. This time of year, I always love looking back on on the previous year and seeing where I started the year, where I'm ending the year, and kind of what God did in between. Most of the time, it is nowhere near what I expected at the beginning of the year, and that is certainly true for this year as well. Um, As we had turned our calendars a year ago to 2022, I had high hopes for this year. I really, I had big dreams, and um, I just truly wanted this to be a restoring year. We were coming off of five really hard years in my family. And I just knew that this was going to be the year that the Lord restored the years that the locusts had eaten. Um, My husband even told me, he's like, don't jinx it, Aaron. Don't jinx it. Don't say that. Um, Like I said, though, I had big dreams. I had high hopes. I had some big goals. Um, and in April of this year, I went on my very first writing retreat with my friend Stacy. We went to the beach for a couple days, um, and it was absolutely lovely. Um, and there, sitting in this beach condo, I began um, writing my story. I began writing my very first book. Um, It started with a diagnosis that we didn't see coming um, now over six years ago. It's my story of wrestling with God and his word and overcoming the obstacles that held me back when it came to Bible study. Um, And and how in those times, in in those moments um, when I was wrestling with God, I just felt lifeless and how God breathed his life giving word in to me. And y'all, I'll be honest, the first three chapters of this book flowed out super easy. Um, And I was like, this is great. We are, um, I'm going to get this done. My goal was I was going to finish it in May. I was going to have all summer to go through the editing process and design process. And my goal was to have it ready by August. But God had other plans for this book. Uh, Because two weeks later, Um, After that retreat in April, my family's life flipped upside down yet again with another diagnosis that we didn't see coming. Um, Needless to say, this book fell pretty far down on my to-do list, Um, but God slowly met me. He walked with us. He went before us. He showed me that time and time again, his timing is so deliberate. He is always on time. The words that he put in me were hard fought for. They were words that I had to live out every single day. But in the hardest season of my life, God sustained me with his word. And today I am flipping a calendar over to 2023 with the culmination of everything that he has done in my life over the past six years with the release and launch of my new book, Feasting on Truth, Savor the Life-Giving Word of God. Y'all, I um, it is now available. Um, and I am going to read the first chapter with you. But before I do that, 
I just want you to know that this book, um, it is not something that I wrote lightly. And it's not something that um, while still, um, I was actually thinking about it the other day that it, it was nine months from um, from the beginning of writing until today. And so this is my book baby and I have gone through all the feels and all the emotions and all the things that it requires to bring forth something new into this world. And so um, I want you to know that um, this book is, is um, it is something that was hard fought for. It is something that um, means so much to me. And um, it is the culmination of a lifelong dream. Um, something I have long wanted to do is to write a book. Um, this book though is not meant to point you to me. It is meant to point you to the one who has the life giving words, the words that will help you when you are going through those hard times, the thing, the words, the, the character of the one who is gonna sustain you when you walk through the wilderness. That is what this book is about. Um, if you've ever asked, why do I need to read my Bible? Why, um, what if, does truth even matter? Does, uh, what if I don't feel anything when I read scripture? This book is for you. If you've ever felt like you're not smart enough, this book is for you. If you've ever said, I really want to read my Bible, I really want to understand it, but I don't know where to start. This book is for you. If you've been wrestling through a hard season and wondering who God is, this book is for you. Deuteronomy 32, 47 was really the theme verse for this book. It says, for it is no empty word for you, but your very life. The words of scripture are our very life. His word is life-giving. So pull up a seat to my table and let me read chapter one along with you. It is called, chapter one is called Set the Table. I stood on the beach with my family and inhaled a deep breath of salty sea air. I felt the warm sunshine on my face as icy cold water rushed over my feet and ankles. The sand squished between my toes. The crashing roar of the waves was followed by the rush of water running up the smooth sand and back again. Despite the loudness of the waves, waves there's a stillness and a silence at the beach. It doesn't make sense, yet it's true. Standing on the edge of land and looking out, there's something calming about the expansiveness of the ocean. All the pressure and all the stress that weigh me down seem to lift. The beach is the place where I catch my breath. We had been looking forward to this getaway for months and we desperately needed to breathe again. My daughter, who was five at the time, stood between my husband, Chris, and me, holding our hands and giggling. Let's go farther, she exclaimed. We shuffled forward a few small steps and every now every wave bathed our feet in a mix of foam and sand and water. With each rush of water, my daughter's giggles brought forth a smile to my face to my face, I soaked in the joy of this moment. Let's go farther, my daughter squealed again, and we stepped a few more feet forward. The waves were hitting pretty hard as the tide went out, and they were starting closer to shore. As we waited just a little bit further, the waves began to hit even harder, 
I noticed the waves that were hitting Chris and me in the thighs were hitting against the chest of our young daughter. A few big ones splashed water up on her face and she'd run away laughing, then quickly return, grabbing my right hand and Chris's left. All of a sudden, the biggest wave yet formed close to shore where we were standing. With massive force, it hit against my daughter's chest and face. The current came and ripped her feet out from under her and she was flailing, unable to get her feet on solid ground. I understood how she felt in that moment, grasping for solid ground. That's how I had felt almost every day for the last year. Wave after wave had hit us. It felt like my feet had been ripped out from under me and I was flailing, overwhelmed and unsure if I would even be able to stand on my own again. It had been almost a year since Chris was hospitalized and diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. We didn't see it coming and it had been the hardest year of our lives up until that point. My husband was very sick. Our kids were young, three, five and eight. I was working at a church as a women's ministry director. There were tests and doctor's appointments and homework and apparently everyone still wanted to be fed. We thought we were seeing signs of improvement, but a couple of weeks before our beach trip, we got the phone call we didn't want. The second treatment he tried wasn't working. We were back to square one. I was still empty, weary, and honestly struggling to breathe. It was in that season I began wrestling with God and asking him some big questions. Well-meaning people would say to me, God is so faithful and God is so good, but these days, they didn't feel good. And my husband wasn't going to be fully healed from a chronic illness. So what is faithful about God in that? I needed to know the truth about God. Waiting in the shallow waters of feel-good faith won't cut it when your world falls apart. I needed deep water truths, truths that would hold me together when the lies of the world crashed over me. Maybe like me, you have questions. Maybe you know what you need to do, but you don't know where to start. Maybe you are questioning, wondering if this is all worth it and wondering who God really is. Maybe you are trying to sift through all the things that you've heard and find truth. Maybe you just need his spirit to breathe life over you. It was there in an ocean of despair that God began to save my life through his word. I wanted to know the truth of who God was, not the warm, fuzzy God who makes all our troubles go away. I wanted to know his promises to me. I wanted to know his character. I was hopeless and felt stripped bare. It was there that God began to develop a love of his word in me, and it all started by doing one simple action. I opened my Bible. Snacking versus feasting. I have to admit that I carried some shame when it came to the topic of reading my Bible. I grew up in church. I went to a Christian school. I led Bible studies and life group and was now on staff at a church, but I didn't know how to read my Bible. My bookshelf was lined with not quite finished Bible studies. I could tell you all the best studies to do, and I didn't know how to approach God's word directly. I was feasting on other people's words and snacking on the word of truth, but I needed to feast on the word of truth and snack on the words of others. In his book, The Golden Alphabet, Charles Spurgeon writes this, 
The best compositions of men are soon depleted, for they are cisterns and not springing fountains. You enjoy them very much when you first come across them, and you think you could hear them a hundred times over, but you cannot actually do so, for soon you find them wearisome. A man very quickly eats too much honey, and even children are sickened by sweets eventually. In the same way, all human books grow stale after a time. But with the word of God, the desire to study it increases, while the more you know of it, the less you think you know. I was drawing from cisterns that eventually came up empty. I was desperate for a springing fountain of living water. I wanted to know what God had promised. I wanted to know what his goodness meant. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad thing to read other books and do fill in the blank studies, but other books will not do for you what God's word can do for you. Charles Spurgeon is also credited with saying, visit many books, but live in the Bible. Now, I know this seems counterintuitive given that you are reading a book I wrote, <laughs> but the goal of this book is not for you to say, wow, Erin is so smart. I want to read another one of her books. My prayer is that you will read this book and find the confidence you need to study his book. I want you reading his words more than any of mine. I want you to find the life-giving truths across every verse of every chapter of every book in the Bible. I know it seems daunting, but I believe in you. You can do it. I know you can, because I did. And trust me when I say, I'm no different than you. I'm just a girl who began to ask questions, and God so graciously met me in that place of wrestling and walked with me. Back to the beach. Standing on that beach, watching my daughter struggle to find her footing as the rip current continued to pull her feet out from under her, God showed me another truth about my circumstances. My daughter was caught off guard by the wave, but Chris and I weren't. We saw the wave coming and instinctively rooted our feet down and tightened our grip on our daughter's hands. The wave knocked her over, but she was not overtaken. She was not lost because her daddy and mommy were holding her tight. We did not let her go. I do not know what waves are hitting you right now or what questions you are asking of God, but I know this. He will not let you go. He is the firm foundation, the sure and steadfast anchor, the true vine that is rooted deep, and he has you in his grip. So let's wade a little further into the springing fountain of his word together coming back to life. There are many friends and family members who walked alongside us through those hard days. One of them was my friend, Stacy Thacker. You'll probably hear her name quite a bit in this book because she's been pretty instrumental in my love of the word. She even graciously wrote the foreword for this book. Stacy would always tell me God's word saved my life. I was kind of confused by that, but also desperately wanted that for myself. She had been a longtime student of the word, and she was one of the first women I remember giving me permission to read God's word directly. There are so many connections in scripture between the word and life, but Stacy introduced me to what is now one of my favorite connections in Deuteronomy. These verses are part of Moses's last charge to the Israelites. They have wandered the wilderness for 40 years and are now standing on the edge of the promised land. They are about to embark on another journey, overtaking the land that God is giving them. But Moses will not be going with them. 
That's in Numbers 20, if you want to look that up. Moses passes the mantle of leadership to Joshua, and as he is about to die, and gives one final encouragement to the whole nation. And when Moses had finished speaking all these words to all of Israel, he said to them, take heart, uh, take to heart all the words by which I am warning you today, that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law, for it is no empty word for you, but your very life. And by this word, you shall live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. Deuteronomy 32, 45 through 47. Can you hear the urgency in his voice? The word of God is not empty. It's not worthless. It's not a suggestion. It's not just a good idea. It is your very life. We must know what is in the Bible. A kind of sort of knowledge of scripture will not be enough. A general idea of the Bible will not be enough. Our very lives depend on it. In that season before the beach day, I was desperate for life-giving words, but I had no idea where to start. I realized I believe some myths about the Bible and Bible study, which I will cover in the next few chapters. But God so graciously began to help me tear down these false beliefs about his word. I began to learn how to study inductively, which is just a big fancy word for, uh, for studying with your own heart and mind first. When I began to study this way, I found my life changing. I was memorizing scripture more effectively, remembering his character more and overcoming in ways I never had before. And can I let you in on a little secret? It was way easier than I ever expected. The birth of something new. As I mentioned, I was a women's ministry leader at the time, and God had given me a place to lead other women to God's word as well. It became my passion to gather women around the word, and I love seeing their eyes light up when they got it. But suddenly in January of 2020, God called me to do something I didn't see coming, quit my job. I had been watching God close some doors of influence as 2019 drew to a close, and now he had closed the biggest one of all. And while part of me was relieved to be able to be home more, the loss of position was a struggle. I loved leading women this way. How could I do that now? Four weeks after stepping out of that role, the world was hit with another wave that none of us saw coming, COVID-19. So now, not only was I wrestling with the loss of job and the income and influence that came with it, I was also in charge of my kids' remote learning. My husband was working out of our bedroom, and I had to cook 21 meals a week and 4,393 snacks. And I wasn't able to leave my house. So many of the feelings and fears of my husband's health journey years earlier had come flooding back. I felt like we had just recovered from those years of hard when yet another wave knocked us back again. God's word saved my life then, and it was about to save my life again. Before leading, leaving my job, I had set up our women's groups with a Bible study that could run without me there. They started in person and ended online. Everyone was still in quarantine, and the women came to me and said, what's next? Um, well, what if we study Colossians? We could meet on Zoom. I could teach the large group and then break everyone into small groups virtually. So we did. Four weeks later, as Colossians wrapped up, they asked, what's next? Um, there are five Tuesdays in June and there are five chapters in First Peter. So how about First Peter? <laughs> Great. Five weeks later, 
what's next? Well, let's keep going with Peter. How about second Peter? Great. What's next? And that's when I knew God was birthing something new. In August, 2020, I launched Feasting on Truth because I love food and I love the word. It was so me. <laughs> Those Tuesday nights became life-giving and life-saving. As an extreme extrovert, it gave me the community I so desperately needed. It also held me accountable to be in the word. I learned so much about who God is, and I was reminded of the truths in his word. There were so many days I was simply exhausted. And if I weren't the teacher, I probably wouldn't would have found some excuse not to come. But every Tuesday I showed up and no matter how tired I was, I always hung up the meeting buzzing with joy. Studying his word deeply and meeting with other women to discuss it kept me sane in a time when wave after wave started to hit again. But I am so busy. Honestly, it was easier at first. I mean, we were all stuck at home and we didn't really have much to do. But as the world began to open back up and activities began to fill our calendars again, busyness started to compete with Bible study. Life in our culture is busy. I've been a full-time working woman with no kids. I've been a stay-at-home mom. I've been a working mom. Life is busy, and there are so many things pulling at our attention and time. And despite hopes that life would slow down after the lessons of COVID, I have found the pendulum has swung even farther back toward activity. There are distractions around every corner, no matter what stage of life we are in. And truthfully, sometimes it's just easier to stay caught up in all of it. I won't lie to you. Studying the Bible does take effort and time, but can I push you a little here? Is there anything more worth your time than spend getting to know the God of the universe? This isn't a question meant to fill you with guilt. I know many of us desperately do want this, and our answer is resounding. Of course, that's most important. So let's shift our schedules and make room. Let's recognize that taking time to study his word on our own and then gather with other women is an endeavor worth pursuing. I'd even argue that it's the most important thing that you can do for your family, for your relationships, for, your, for yourself. It will never be convenient to be in his word, but it will always be worth it. When we spend more time reading other people's words, we spend less time reading God's word. Five minutes of God's word is more powerful than 45 minutes of anyone else's. This is why firsthand Bible study is so helpful. You're basically cutting out the middleman or woman and getting straight to the meat. The waves are coming and we need an anchor. His word is not empty. Our very life depends on it. So let's pull up to the, a pull up a seat to the table and prepare to feast. Y'all this book, I can tell you that um, that I have had to live the truths that I have written in this book. Um, but it has been so good. It has been so good to see the Lord meet me in the pages of his word and to show me who he is. This book will help you recognize and overcome the obstacles that hold you back when it comes to Bible study. It will help you release the bonds of a perfect quiet time to find deeper, richer time in the word. And it will help you build confidence as you learn how to study scripture firsthand. Y'all, the word feast is rooted in abundance and that is what awaits us in the pages of scripture. It is a table laid out before us, not only for our essential nourishment, but also for our enjoyment. 
feasting on truth, savor the life-giving word of God is available now um, in both paperback and hardback on Amazon. You can go to feastingontruth.com slash books to get more information and a direct link. Um, if you're posting on social, use the hashtag feastingontruthbook um, and be sure to tag me, Erin H. Warren, or feastingontruth on your Instagram posts. Um, y'all, thank you so much for your support and your encouragement. I'm so excited to see what the Lord has in store for Feasting on Truth for 2023. Um, it is my hope and my prayer that as we turn to 2024, that I will be able to continue to look back and see how the Lord used this ministry to, do, to draw his daughters toward himself, to reveal more of who he is, and that he will build a community that is centered first and foremost and only around him and his word. Um, that is the heart of Feasting on Truth. It is to equip and encourage you and to provide the space and the tools for you to be able to um, study God's word for yourself and then gather with other women um, and discuss it. Um, it really is so important. And that is my hope and my prayer that we will continue to be able to do that throughout this year. Um, I um, am excited. So y'all, let's feast in 2023.